Welcome to another episode of the Hypno Toad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. It's Andrew Zimmel back again talking all things TCU Athletics. Got a busy show for you talking men's basketball, a 70-59 loss on Wednesday night to the Iowa State Cyclones. What does this mean for TCU going forward? Do they still have a shot to make noise in the Big 12 tournament? Do they have a shot to make noise in the NCAA tournament? We'll talk about that. We'll talk a little bracketology with you guys. And then, of course, baseball preview as the season starts this Friday with a game against number 10 Vanderbilt in the backyard of the Horned Frogs as the game will be played in Arlington at Globe Life Field where the Texas Rangers play. Going to talk about all of that, but first, got to remind you, Subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. You guys have been doing an excellent job interacting with the uh, Harlan College Sports Twitter page. I see you guys' comments. That's great. Continue to do that. That's a really good way to make sure you get noticed. I'd love to see that. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore or at Andrew underscore Zimmel, Z-I-M-M-E-L on Twitter. If you want to interact with me and talk about the podcast, talk about all things TCU. All right. TCU had a big game on Wednesday night, and they came out kind of flat. I'll be completely honest with you here. I thought that this was a really good shot for TCU to bounce back after losing two tough ones last week and over the weekend to uh, number 12, Kansas, and number 14, Baylor. And the problem is another blown lead against Baylor, a 10-point halftime lead in a 72-68 loss for TCU. Now losers of four of their past five and on a four-game losing streak. Not ideal, to say the least. Now, I'm going to take a little bit of responsibility here. I am somebody that believes in accountability. I believe that if you do something wrong, that you should own up to it, right? My parents raised me correctly. I blame myself for this because I told you guys before TCU played in the national championship for men's or for football, I said... They got a shot to beat Georgia, and we all know how that one turned out. All right, the first of many pies on the face of my myself, right? Of your your favorite host, one of many pies. I'll own up to it. That's fine. We flipped over to talk men's basketball, and I told you this team not only had a shot to win the Big Twelve, but to make noise in the NCAA tournament. Now, at the end of January, bracketology was telling us that TCU had a chance to not only win the Big 12, but also get a number one seed in one of the uh, different sections. Now, those odds are not nearly as good. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But this is my issue. Mike Miles Jr., still not playing, still working on the knee injury. Eric Lumpkin, he only played a handful of minutes in uh, the loss, played or scored three points off the bench, one or two from the field. TCU shot relatively well against Iowa State. Iowa State now 17 and 8 on the season, TCU 17 and 9 on the season. These are two teams that are relatively close to each other when we look at the uh, Big 12 standings. Horn Frog shot 26% from the three or from behind the arc. From the free throw line though, another kind of rough night for uh, TCU. So uh, look, whole point of this uh breakdown here for you is that TCU, again, had a shot to win the game. This is something that has been very frustrating to me about this Horned Frog season, is that it has been a a story of not being able to close teams out. 
It's been the story of not being able to fight in the second half. But most importantly, it's been the story of injuries. Now, Mike Miles Jr., Mike Miles Jr., guy that we circled on the uh, media programs before the season saying this is the type of guy who, if the way that he goes is probably the way that TCU basketball will go this year. Basketball, really the only team sport where an individual can really dominate and change the outcomes of games. And we've seen it happen in the Big 12. We've seen a couple guys have really impactful seasons, whether it be a, a sophomore season or mostly a junior season. Usually it's an upperclassman uh, in college basketball that will really put their fingerprints all over a season and, and really propel their team ahead of where you know preseason we thought they would be. Basketball is the only sport that you can get your fingerprints all over a game, all over a season. So when your best player is out with a knee injury, you're not going to have as many fingerprints. And you need other guys to stand up. And TCU, so far this season, has not been able to do that. They haven't found that guy to kind of take the lead with a, a junior on the bench. Now, the other thing is, this is a knee injury that has been lingering here for almost a month Okay, when we first heard about this knee injury, that was a precautionary thing. Hey, we're going to sit him. We're, we're, we want to make sure he's completely healthy for the back half of the regular season. I was on board with it. And I told you guys, I want this team to be completely healthy going into the Big 12 tournament. All the regular season is, is getting the seeding in the tournament. Really anything can happen. Now, you would like to be able to play a, a, an easier team in the first round. Right, You don't want to face Baylor or Kansas in the first round of the playoffs. Or, shoot, you don't really want to face Texas either. I think that there's three teams right now in the Big 12 that are kind of like, I don't really want to touch those guys. Oklahoma, not one of those teams. That's a team that you would want to see in the first round. TCU, I thought to myself, okay, get everybody healthy, go into the Big 12 tournament, shake things up, and then if you win the Big 12 or you come in second, Right with the at-large bid, you have a chance here to get a really good seating in the 64. Okay, right now it's looking like TCU has a shot to have relatively good seating. We're looking at a lot of the different uh, uh, projections, and it's all math and it's kind of speculation as well. It's a one of those weird mixes, right? When you mix when you mix science and magic, when you, that, that's essentially what this bracketology is. You're mixing science, you're mix, mixing the math, you're mixing what is the uh, committee done in the past, what is the math shown us what they're going to do in the future, right? You're mixing all of that with the eye test. You're mixing all of that with a TCU team that loses to an Iowa State team on the road that maybe they shouldn't have lost to, right? You're mixing all of that together in a pot to kind of spit out what you think. Right now, we're looking at a five seed. Right now, TCU would be a five seed. They might play a mid-major school in the first round, which I do not think would be the end of the world. Now, the difference, though, to me, between having a successful NCAA run, and I, I'm going to put it on the record here, a successful run for this team is at least a sweet 16 bid. If TCU is playing in the field of 16, then I think that we are in a really good spot as a program, and I think that TCU has done a really good job under the second year, right, of the of the head coach. I think that would really show where we're at as a program and, and as how things continue to grow, okay? Sweet 16 bid, to me, is kind of what I'm looking for. That's, that's the goal that I have. If Mike Miles Jr. isn't playing, 
or if he's not healthy, or if he just doesn't have, if he can't get healthy to play in the NCAA tournament or have the impact that he might if he was completely healthy, right? If we're looking at 75-80% and we don't make it to the 16, I would hate the season to ride down on one injury. And the other thing is Eric Lumpkin not being able to play either. You know, your best player doesn't play. Okay, that's one thing. Your second best player and your best rebounder can't suit up and, and can't play big minutes, can't give you the, the impact that you want him to give you. Well, then that's a completely other problem. And this uh, this TCU team, uh, I mentioned it. They're free-falling right now. they got to find a way to turn it around. Now, it, the schedule doesn't get any easier, okay? They've been really bad on the road this year. They've looked like they've fallen from what could have been a top three, top four seed to now looking more of like five. And in some projections, I didn't want to say this, I'm like trying to stay positive. You know, we're, we recorded these podcasts. It's a tough loss to Iowa State. I'm trying to stay as positive as I can. But guys, I've seen them fall as low as seven in some in some uh, brackets. Some of the bracketology math that I've seen online, as far as seven, not great to say the least. There's still a lot of time left. There's games left. There's five games left in the season. Uh, all of those teams are ahead, or I should say three of those teams are ahead of TCU in the Big 12 standings, and that includes a matchup with Kansas next week. So let's talk about it as we kind of wrap up the men's basketball section of the podcast. All right, what is the best-case scenario? I think the best-case scenario in the final five games is TCU goes 3-2. and two. Goes 3-2 and two down the stretch, gets everybody healthy. That includes Lumpkin and Miles. And if they can get a chance to make some noise in the Big 12 tournament, right? Like, I'm not asking you to win the Big 12 tournament. I'm just asking you to make an impact. I'm just asking you to push a team like Texas or to push a team like Baylor to the edge, right? I don't need a 12-point loss where you led by 10 at halftime. I, we, we, we need to find a way to close out games that are winnable games, right? If you can make some noise... I think that's a success. In the Big 12 tournament, I think that if you get a 5-seed five, a five in the NCAA tournament, I think that's a success. And then, of course, Sweet 16 bid is what we're looking for here. If you can't, though, and this is a one-and-done in the NCAA tournament, to me, that's a failure. I think if, if TC makes it to the, the 64, field of 64, and it's a, it's a one-and-done, they're a seven-seed, they end up playing a really tough uh, squad, Probably wouldn't be a conference winner, but a, a tough team out of the ACC or the uh, Pac-12. That would be very disappointing to me. It would, I just would. It would be a disappointing season. I think that you would chalk it up as a, as a loss on the uh, on the the win totals for this athletic program that continues to rack up wins across the board. That would be a loss. All right, let's talk about the uh, baseball, the arguably the most important sport in the spring when it comes to TCU athletics. Uh, when we look at it historically, TCU has been a baseball school. I know I have a couple of shirts when they moved into the Big 12 that said uh, uh, Frogs run the Big 12 when it comes to baseball. I had a shirt when I was a kid. I, I really I don't know where I, that shirt went. I, don't, I couldn't fit in it now, but it would be nice to, to find where it is. Baseball preview. Voted on by the Big 12 coaches, TCU is the favorite to win the conference again. Now, they've won the last two regular season titles. The 2023 campaign is the second season under uh, Kirk Selos, and uh, 
they have been picked 14th in the preseason baseball polls uh, cross. So they come into the season number one in the Big 12, number 14 in the polls. TCU baseball junior third baseman Braden Taylor, we talked about him a couple weeks ago, he has been named on the 55-man USA Baseball Golden Spikes award list. And the awards just continue to come for Taylor. He's a preseason accolades, have been plenty for the two-time all-conference performer. Two publications, D1Baseball.com and Baseball America, they both named Taylor as a first-team preseason All-American. Now, he's the top returner for the Horned Frogs, Batted 314, 28 extra base hits, drove in 50 runs last season, and is a two-time all-conference performer. So our first player to watch this week will be Taylor, who will, of course, be playing. He'll be the everyday third baseman for TCU, and making sure he stays healthy is something that I think this team is going to want to do. When you look at it, right, the only thing that's been able to stop TCU is the injury bug. That's the only thing that's been able to stop athletics across the board. If they can keep him healthy and uh, productive, 314, 28 extra base hits, That's a, those are good numbers. That's that's draftable numbers. And I would be shocked if uh, he doesn't end up getting drafted in the uh, baseball draft this uh, fall. Actually, I guess, yeah, well, it would be fall, yeah. First chance for baseball to compete is going to be this Friday against Vanderbilt in TCU's backyard. I mentioned earlier, Globe Life Park in Arlington. And the first team that they're playing, the team that everybody's getting excited about, the team that you're going to get excited about in the season opener is Vanderbilt. Now, every other sport, it's kind of a snoozer. Vanderbilt, historically, an incredible baseball program. Incredible baseball program um, for Smarties in Nashville. And I think that they run the SEC when it comes to baseball. Now, you've seen some other SEC teams really like step up late recently, I should say. Old Miss, Arkansas, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. SEC, you know, without the football, if you just took football off the board, they would be a baseball conference uh, for sure. Vandy finished fourth in the SEC East last year, however. Uh, they finished with one of the best pitching staffs in the SEC. Ranking second with a 3.96 ERA, adding three complete games and holding opponent batting averages to 2.22. The Commodores finished eighth in runs with 425 hits, with over 550 that's 600 hits on the season, as well as ninth in home runs, 77 in the SEC during the 2022 season. Now they are losing two important players off their staff last year. Vanderbilt lost its two top hitters, Dominic Keegan. 371 uh, on the season, and Spencer Jones, who batted 370, both were selected in the uh, draft. The Commodores also lost starting pitcher Chris McEvan, who was drafted after leaving Vanderbilt in starts, innings, and strikeouts during the 2022 season. Now, TCU is not favored in their first game. I went on the, one of the sport, sports books that I, I like to go on, and if you're betting on college baseball this early in the season while everybody else is betting on college basketball, women's basketball, NBA basketball. Everybody else is so focused on point totals and rebound totals, and you're looking at, hey, can this pitcher go the complete game? Can he only give me six innings? How many strikeouts is he going to have? If, if you're doing that, you not only are a big college baseball fan, and shout out to that, but you might have a problem <laughs> if you're betting on first game college baseball maybe you have maybe maybe you have a 
and in. Maybe you know everything that you need to know about college baseball. I would not feel comfortable uh, placing any sort of wagers on this. But TCU is a half-run dog in this first game. Now, that line might change between now and Friday. Who knows? But the offshore books, they tell me that TCU is an underdog in this first game. Now, Vanderbilt, number 10, I believe, in the preseason polls. TCU, number 14. They're also going to be an underdog when it comes to rankings to number eight, Arkansas, who they who they play later. They were 46 and 21 and were in the College World Series last year. And on Saturday, they play Missouri, who was 28 and 23 in 2022. Very good competition to start the season for the Horn Frogs. Here's a player to watch out for. Okay. This is a transfer from Kansas. Ryan Vanderhell comes from Kansas, hit the transfer portal. He struggled in 2022 with uh, starting games for the Jayhawks. I would be shocked if he isn't coming out of the bullpen for TCU. Now, we're recording this podcast on Wednesday. We do not have the starters for it. We're, we're, we're going to get that probably. We'll figure out what the weekend starter looks like, what the weekday starters look like for TCU as the season continues. And, of course, as baseball, as the athletic calendar continues to move, we will have you covered over here. We'll continue to try to put these podcasts out for you once a week at least to get the uh, to keep the content moving and uh, give you updates on how baseball's doing. And, you know, softball, I, I, we, we, I need to do a better job of keeping track of the women's athletic side of the, the athletic program. Um, but as those stories rise to the surface, of course, we will hit them. So a lot of fun stuff happening. TCU baseball this uh, weekend, I'm going to give you my prediction now. I think TCU beats Vanderbilt. From everything I've read, from what we see, I think TCU beats Vanderbilt. I think that's going to be the first game that the Horn Frogs get in the win column. I do think the Arkansas game is going to be a loss, and I think the Missouri game will be a win. So I think coming out of this weekend in a big, big weekend at Globe Life Park, or yeah, Globe Life Field in Arlington, in the backyard, I have a feeling that TCU is going to finish the weekend at 2-1. and one, I think it would be a really good way to put it. Um, when we come into Big 12 action, this is the best the Big 12, I think, has been when it comes to a baseball conference. And I know I talked about the SEC being a really good baseball conference, and they are. It really is between the Big 12, the SEC, and a handful of schools in Texas. We talk about Texas State, of course, and in the West Coast. A couple of the schools out West just a handful. Not, I would not say the entire Pac-12 when it comes to a conference. A couple of schools out west, the SEC from top to bottom, the Big 12 from top to bottom, and a handful of schools in uh, Texas and well, the middle America, kind of. That is what this baseball season is going to be all about. The Big 12 is going to be a bloodbath. I'm very, very excited. There's going to be excellent, excellent, excellent games all over the place. So if you have a chance to catch uh, TCU Horn Frog Baseball, it's worth the price of admission. All right, that's going to do it for the Hypno Toad podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. The next time we talk, TC basketball hopefully is bouncing back and we're getting you ready for the Big 12 tournament. And baseball, of course, will be in full swing. We'll have all that for you next week as well. And hopefully, you know, the bracketology, the uh, science, the magic, everything working together, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Just, uh, just got to get some wins. Got to get Miles back. Back on the court and healthy. Got to get a little bit back on the court and healthy. That's going to do it. Andrew Zimmel, remember, subscribe, rate, review the podcast 
Follow us on Twitter, the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network Twitter page, and, of course, myself, at Andrew underscore Zimmel. I will see you guys next week.